We are back. This is the Dream is Free podcast, episode 21. Yeah. I'm your host, Jake Healy. <laughs> Our other host is Mike Theophil, host and super producer. What's going on, everybody? We got an awesome guest today. Yes. Our, our guest today is Bobby, with an I at the end. Yes. B-O-B-B-I. Correct. Brown. And she is the not founder. the singer <laughs> at all. Yeah. I have a whole or, intro. <laughs> or not the not the makeup artist. Correct. Yes, because when I googled you, like this makeup artist pops up first. I was like, I don't think this is who we're having on. Not at all. Today, right? <laughs> all <right. laughs> yeah. So Bobby Brown, she is the founder of a nonprofit organization called Hashtag One Hundred Girls Leading, yes. which is uh, a local Bridgeport based right mm-hmm. uh, nonprofit uh, centered around um, helping mentoring young women from the city. Right. Correct. Awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And I think uh, you do a, you do a lot more than just a nonprofit, right? So you have your own radio show. Yes, I have my own radio show. Um, I work in the community. Um, I'm on the Bridgeport Board of Education. Um, just newly elected as the vice president for the Bridgeport Board of Education. This past election Congrats. cycle? Uh, so, no, we didn't have election cycle recently, but um, we had an opportunity of a door opening up for us, and I was able to take that seat. So the nice. past election, I was elected as secretary, and now with this transition happening, became vice president. Awesome. That's yeah. So how how has the uh, like the school year been? I know like schools closed down on Monday, right? Because yeah. officially. It has been pretty yeah. interesting. I think um, I, I was on a, another um, broadcast and I was telling them, they were asking me, you know, about the educational system and just trying to see how parents and everyone adapts. And I tell everyone, I was like, you know, this is something new. I don't think the biggest virus or any ep- uh, pandemic that we've experienced was probably the Spanish flu. And I don't think either you or I were born right. around that time. So a lot of people are learning how to um, adjust to the new norm. Um, I don't think anything will go back to its normal place, but we're learning to adjust and our students are learning to adjust. I think we have to be patient because it is um, it's like a triangle. You have the parents, the student, and then you have the administrators and teachers that help make the student be the best that they can be. So um, Bridgeport's in the middle of a transition, trying to make sure that we meet the needs of our students. But also, too, um, we become supportive. Um, I think we do a lot of, you know backlash and getting mad at each other about things no one has been here before right. um so it's new um and also to finding ways to be creative about learning i know we are from the generation of technology so um this is teaching our students to be tech savvy but also to to realize that those that are in high school are getting ready to go to college and some of our classes are online whether we like them or not right but also it's just teaching us how to better adjust with the time yeah kind of just getting ready for that that college life anyways where you mm-hmm. have so much more freedom and you need to schedule your own time to do Correct. stuff right mm-hmm. i feel like the uh city like when, when all of this happened the city of bridgeport like actually handled the lockdown and the shutdown pretty well with like making sure that like kids were still getting their lunches mm-hmm. um all this like i saw like all the schools staying open and cafeterias doing mm-hmm. all that stuff so that was that was cool to see shout yeah. out bridgeport 
Yeah, I, I think I think um, there. Are, for me, I get to chan- get a chance to see it from both sides. So people are like, "Well, why are the schools open? Why are the schools closing?" And it's like there's two sides to this story. There's children who need the schools to be open for whatever it means shelter, safety, food, right. whatever those cases may be. And we've seen that children are not getting proper meals. You know, when they're home, whatever the situation may be. So that's why the doors of the schools are open, and some of them need that safe place. Some kids go to school for safety. Right. And then you have the other side of it where some students are doing well with online learning versus being in class. So there's a transition for all of them. And I think um, Bridgeport is learning to adjust. And I think, too, from this city that we can learn to empower each other and to be there for each other and to realize that we don't have it written out. No one has a manual for this pandemic. So and um, you said you said you're now the, the vice president of the. Yes. So I'm the youngest, I believe, the youngest elected uh, individual to the Board of Ed. And then, you know, over time, um, an opportunity presented itself. So I'm more of one of those people. I don't pretend I know it all because I really don't. I've only been alive a couple, uh, 30 years uh, (laughs) or so. So I don't really know it all. But just take an opportunity to learn how things operate on the board and also to find mentors, people that I can look up to, to help me navigate this system so that I can be be able to better uh, change it and also to put my little two cents in and where I think I can help out. I think most people go on these uh, these boards and get elected to to really, you know, go in and think that they're going to change a million things. And I've learned over these last six months is it's not about the million things. It's about the one thing that you can walk away from the board that you can change. Um, don't stress yourself out about things that are way beyond your control. So pick one thing. And that's what I've been focusing on. Um, finding little things that I can put my two cents in and then advocate. So I advocate very big. So most people say, oh, you seem very quiet. I am. But when I'm in my role, you can't tell me anything. You know, I'm one of those people. I'm for the people and I'm out there with the people because I believe that's where the communication happens and that's where the relationship happens. So I'm out there. Awesome. Are you working with like the superintendent on stuff? Like uh, Superintendent Testani, right? Correct. Uh, I'm actually, so the board actually hires the superintendent so we actually, you know, hear him out, hear his day-to-day activities, um, see how we could better assist him, and also to, you know, listen to the concerns that the district may be having. Um, and then we, as the board, try to meet the needs of the superintendent to support him better, um, and then also to try to operate a district and a board properly so that people can find the different resources and parents can find the resources that they need. So it's, it's a tough job. Most people get into these seats thinking, you know, they have they have all the knowledge. It is it's not a one man show. It's a it's, yeah. it's a group of people that have to learn to work together to to be able to meet the needs of the city. Awesome. Yeah. So you do the uh, vice president of the mm-hmm. uh, board of, board of education, right? Correct. Uh, you have your own radio show. Yes. And what is that based around? So um, funny story. So I've been doing radio since I was about like I would say fourteen, um, and. Um, been doing that. So I used to do a show where we would have students come in from all the different schools, Bassett, Harding, and Central, and we would talk about day-to-day activities, what we liked in our city, what we didn't like, what we liked in our educational system, what we didn't like, and then we would talk about real conversations about what young people talked about. Um, and then after a period of time, I went away to college. That radio show went really well, but I was I started finding myself away in school. And I came back and I said, I want to do something focused on a target audience that I can better reflect with, which is women. So taking an opportunity um, to empower women of color, um, reminding them reminding them of their purpose, and also to allowing them to find a safe space to talk about things that they want to talk about. 
I believe this year is a year. Well, last year was a year of the women, but this year is definitely the year of the women. Yeah. I'm just seeing that we have an African-American woman that is now vice president of the United States of America. So yes. just that empowerment in itself, um, giving women an opportunity to feel that that umph, that that needed love and sisterhood. So That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So do the uh, Board of Education radio show. <laughs> uh, you have your, your regular full-time job at the, what was it, the career? So I work at Career Resources in the city of Bridgeport. So okay. marketing communications over there. All right. And that's just uh, geared around helping people from the city find jobs. Right. So we do, um, we help employment. Um, we help people. So I'll give you the back, the, the idea that I think as the marketing person. So um, I believe career resources over the years have become like the 911. Mm-hmm. Um, so within this pandemic, we have been able to focus on the resources part of our organization and making sure people find a place where they can get needed resources right now. So if you're hungry, you're not asking me to fill out a job. You want food. So how can we get you food? You're, you need housing. How can we help you do that? If you need a career, how can we help you do that like right now? Um, and over the years, I believe, you know, I've only been there since I've graduated school. But even with that same being said, I've had an opportunity to meet so many different people from different walks of life um, that have different reasons of why they're going back into the employment phase and why they're looking for jobs and opportunities. And then um, I get to tell their stories. I get to find their journey and then get to share that journey with other people, not just funders, but people that look like you and I that say, hey, I've been there. Oh, hey, I'm going through that right now. How could, you know, how could your journey help me? Um, So we work with the reentry population. We work with um, the young people population as well. And then we work with people who, you know, used to work and, you know, life has changed for them. And now they have to go back into the work world. How we give them the proper skills to be better prepared for this new world because we have people who were you know working years and now they're in their 50s and they're saying hey I need a job how can I get this help and support so what we do at career resources we help them get the fundamentals of getting their feet wet and getting them you know back on the you know the horse I guess you would say um, to, to the career path that they're looking for um, it's good to have a support here in the city of Bridgeport. I think a lot of people think that you have to stick with one trade or one talent but Career Resources says, hey, we're going to equip you with what we think is best that can help you, and we're here to support you. Awesome. Has this year been more challenging than other years at that job as well? Like, is it obviously a lot of people probably have lost work? Mm -hmm. Um, Has it been more challenging in in that sense? I would say it has been challenging um, for individual people. I would say I really can't speak for everyone's situation, but I will say as an organization, I feel like we've adapted um, to be able to meet the needs of our clients. So if our clients are struggling with Zoom or struggling with getting online services, we've tapped into different resources. If we, the um, we career resources, can't provide it, um, there's people like me that I, you know, I'm well adapted. So I'm good with the community when I'm out from my um, 8.30 to 4.30. I'm out in the community, and I'm able to tap into resources that may not just be Bridgeport-based, but if they're in Connecticut and they provide a, a resource for our community, I'm out there tapping in, and I'm saying, hey, how can I promote this to our people and make sure that if they're looking for a job in this area, we can provide that job for you. If you're looking for housing or food in this area, how can we provide? Because Bridgeport is huge, but there's so many resources in Connecticut. So I think that's important, and, and I think Career Resources has done an effect, fabulous job at trying to not just be all, be the all, be all, all to all. everyone. I'm saying it wrong. Okay. <laughs> be all <laughs> and, and all. Yeah, that. Not trying to be that, but being able to say, hey, if we don't have it, we know someone that does, and if we can create it, we will. Um, I think a lot of nonprofits and a lot of businesses are learning that 
you may not have everything, but you be able to tap into your 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 uh, your backpack of like resources and right. provide those things. So many outlets. It's, yeah. it's just hard to kind of like narrow down where where like an individual can go to start getting help. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, you have your nonprofit organization, right? Which yes. is probably your your passion and purpose, it is. right? It, it makes me smile, makes me happy. Um, so I told you I went away to college. So I went away to college. Um, and while I was away at school, I was introduced to, so my mom didn't go to college with me. She, you know, gave me the money I needed. I got on the bus, the plane, and I got there. Um, but the thing about that was that I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, all by myself, no family, no friends. Um, and she couldn't go. So she tapped into her network of women that she knew. And she says, Hey, my daughter's coming to Oklahoma. Could you be there for her when she's hungry? Could you give her a place to stay when she needs a place off campus? Could you provide clothing or food for her when she needed those things? And those women became my mentors while we're away, while I was away at school. So when how I, did, how did, uh, one, how did you decide Tulsa, Oklahoma? <laughs> well, I've always been really good academically. Okay. Um, so I received two scholarships, um, my first scholarship was an academic scholarship, so that paid for all four years of school. I only needed three because I was doing school here. Got it. Um, so all four years of school. And then I have a dance scholarship, so I dance as well. So um, I dance. They gave me a scholarship for that. Um, the only reason why I think I went out that far was because I was able to not put stress. My, your parents send you to school to work your tail off so that you can find a way for school. There's some parents who can pay for your college education. My mom couldn't do that. So I knew every day I went to school, I need to put my best foot forward and I needed to provide the grades that will provide the money. Right. So, you know, good grades equal good money. Um, and that's what happened for me. So my good grades got me good scholarship, um, didn't pay anything. I'm a first gen. So it was a big deal. Um, and I went away to Tulsa, Oklahoma in a city that I've never been. So it was my first time. So it was a really huge adjustment for me. And Going away to school is what really, like I said, inspired uh, me. I met these women. They took care of me, made sure I was good, um, always was there, a phone call away, come scoop me off campus and make sure I had a place to go whenever vacations and things like that. I couldn't fly home or something of the nature. Um, Those women inspired me. Um, I came back home and I said, hey, how can I do the same thing for somebody else? How how did your mom get connected with some women in Tulsa. So my mom was, uh, she, when she, in her younger years, she used to just travel. Um, and she traveled, yeah, she traveled to Oklahoma for a conference that she had went to. And at the conference, she made different connections with different women. Um, I didn't even know my mom went to Oklahoma until like I got ready to go to school. And then she told me her story. So I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. Well, what was the conference for? So my mom's a preacher. Okay. So I'm a PK, uh, preacher's kid. Yep. Got um, it. And she went to, so Oklahoma is considered the Bible belt. Um, Oklahoma, Texas, and a few other places out there. So she went to a preacher's conference, and when she went there, she was blown away by the school, which was ORU, um, or Roberts University. Had I would have known years later would be the school that I would attend, who knows? I didn't know. Right. Um, And those were where she met those women and made good um, connections and friendships. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you you, you went there and got connected with a bunch of women and then came back Bridgeport, and you were like, how can I... Yes. Pass this on to other people. Right. So what I did was I came home um, and I did like a small like listening party. I, you know, I work with girls, you know, all the time, but this was a bigger group of girls. And I just started like listening to their conversations and they were talking about day to day activities. They were talking about self-esteem. They were talking about career goals. They were just talking. And I said to myself, I was like, that's really cool. Like they're really spitting out some real knowledge as to what they were talking about. 
But then I had asked them, I said, you know, what is one of the things that you guys are missing or lacking? And they said, well, all the people that we look up to are not here. So, you know, the Cardi B's of the world, the Michelle Obama's of the world, the Oprah's of the world, like they're, they're not here. And I started looking, I was like, but they are. They may not have those titles or have those money, but they're doing great things in our city. How could I expose these girls to the women that are working their tails off every day, running nonprofits, running Fortune 500 companies, working every day? It could be as simple as the male woman that asks you every day about your education. She's considered a mentor. She cares enough to ask you. Um, and the girls started looking at me like, strange little miss, like, well, what's your idea? I said, well, if I can do something, like put something together where you can network and meet these different women, what would you guys think? And they all looked at me, yeah, I will come, I'll participate. Yeah, the, you know, giving me the whole, the you know, whole supportive thing. So I was like, okay. I went home and my brain started spinning. It was to the point where I couldn't sleep. I just started thinking, I was like, oh my God. So I was just like, okay, how can I make this happen? And um, in, a, in a matter of like months, I started reaching out to every woman that I knew, every individual woman that I came across, every woman that has done anything for me. And I was like, listen, I have this great idea. I'm going to pitch it to you. You tell me what you think. So the one issue that I started coming back with was these women were like, yeah, we're down for the cause, but we work full-time jobs, but we do this, but we do that. I don't have the time. So I said to myself, okay. What was, your, what was your idea to connect these women with like, right. like a mentorship program? Right. So my, my idea was not to give them. So we have mentor programs here in the city of Bridgeport. Some of them are exposed. Some people know about them. Some don't. But some of them are doing great work. So there's the mentor programs. And then there is the women that can do the mentoring. These women work in, you know, big jobs, lawyers, doctors. But their problem is, is that they don't have the time that they would love to dedicate to do it. So there's the programs that can do the work every single day. And these are the women who want the opportunity to do this very same thing. Right. So I asked the women, I said, could you give me one day? You give me one day a year and I'll, I'll make sure I link the girls up with programs that can continue this process for you. Um, so the women get a chance to do what they love to do, which is, you know, mentor and be involved with the girls. And then the programs say, hey, you've given us this platform, we want to expose our program, and then you can funnel the girls from the mentoring portion into our programs. So everybody wins at the end of the day. What kind of programs? So we're talking about Girls Who Code. We're talking about impact um, Girls with Impact. We're talking about uh, Girl Scouts of America. These are different programs that I reached out to, and I said, hey, I'm going to create this platform. Could you be there to support us? Can you be there to support Girls of Color? Could you be there to give us your time and do those great things? Um, so... It happened. Um, so in 2019, I launched hashtag 100 girls leading. Some asked me, why did you call it 100 girls leading? I was just going to ask that. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I guess I look back at myself. I guess I underestimated myself because I was like, 100 is a big number. I could do 100. I know 100 people like off the, off the top of my head. And from that day, I underestimated myself. We went from 100 girls to 800 girls register, 500 girls to attend. Wow. We were one of the biggest girls' events outside of JoJo Siwa, um, event that came to Arena here in the city of Bridgeport. That really opened up my eyes that said, Bobby, you tapped into a need. You tapped into a resource. And your, your program will impact so many girls' lives. And from that moment, I ran with that vision. Like we had um, Congresswoman Johanna Hayes. She was our speaker. She's actually from Waterbury. She went from teacher to Congresswoman overnight. Um, she saw a need in her students, and she said, I can't do it on this teaching level. I'm going to go all the way up to Congress. 
Um, she came. She was our speaker. We had dancers. We had a young girl who was, she was six or seven at the time, and she talked about how she was bullied because of the color of her skin, and she made a song about it. And um, she talked, the song was basically saying, all the little girls in the world who look like me, who come from where I come from, you're beautiful, you're gifted, you're talented. And it really inspired, like, there's tons of pictures of just girls in the crowd. Like, it was a girl concert slash girl mentoring moment. Because after the stage portion happened, we broke the girls up and the girls had an opportunity to go around to different tables, meet different mentors, fire women, um, um, first, you know, cops that were women, um, yep. doctors that were women, nurses that were women, um, just different leaders that were women that came out and said, we'll give you one day in a couple hours. And I couldn't do any of this without my team of women. So I started off with just, you know, 50 women. Then the numbers grew that volunteered. So we had 50 to 100 women. Then a day of, I believe we had about 200 women to volunteer that day. Um, wow. and literally they didn't get anything from it just from just volunteering. So are you, are you finding like, let's say you have a young girl, you're finding out what her goal is in mm-hmm. life or what she's kind of looking to do, like coding maybe or something like mm-hmm. that. And then finding a mentor on that, that one day it. that they're coming and yep. kind of match them up together, have them spend that one day or that time together with a group of girls yes. who are into that. And then you take them and put them into the program, the that, program that helps with them. Yep. So, so they either, they either walk away with a mentor or they walk away with a program. Okay. So either way, they're walking away with something. Um, and in the middle of that, um, we give the girls, so one of our bigger sponsors, we had a huge sponsor, which was Conair. Conair um, donated um, hundreds of hairbrushes, hundreds of, so the girls walk away with like a suitcase-sized backpack full of donated items from women-owned businesses that said, hey, I believe in your vision. We want to support the girls, um, such as toothbrushes, feminine products, um, Girls walked away um, with a laptop, a, a, you know, iPad. These are things that were donated from these different women organizations. So if the women couldn't volunteer, they sent their money, they sent their time, and things like that. So I thought it was really cool. Um, and the girls walked away with something that makes them feel good about themselves. We do 100 Girls Leading a couple weeks before school ends. Um, so we did it June 1st, the first time, this year, 2021, because of COVID, we couldn't do it 2020. So this year... You did it virtually, you said? No, we didn't get a chance oh, to do it at all. It. But we got involved in social justice work. So I think everything worked out for itself. There's a lot going on this yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this year. So the girls were out in the community finding different ways to stay involved. Um, but this year, I mean, next year, 2021, our theme is um, empowering the girls. Uh, it's okay, ladies, let's improve our climate, teaching girls how to improve their climate and um, get them inspired about taking care of the world that they live in. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's very inspiring. Some days I, I look at myself and I was like, what in the world did I get myself into? And then there's other days where I'm grateful that I'm able to provide a resource here in our city. I'm able to be a light um, in sometimes of the darkest times in the darkest tunnels. Um, it's inspiring. Yeah. So you're very, very busy. <laughs> I, mean, I you, am. You do a lot. I do, but I, I do a lot, but I also to make time for, you know, things that I love to do, like swimming or hiking or, you know, fun things like that. Like I, I make time because I think um, self-care is so needed. I think this year has taught me that, Bobby, you're so active, but you have you taken care of yourself? Have you looked out for you? Have, right. How do you feel? Yeah, that burnout. Yeah, and, and that's the only way you prevent it is taking care of yourself. So even I'm a community leader, I'm still a person. Um, and most people forget that they see your face, you're out in the community and they forget about how um, you're a person and you have real needs and you have real issues. And, you know, even though I do all of this, I still go to work 830 to 430 every day and I still do a nonprofit from 
4.30 to whenever I finish for the very next day. So there's work that continues, but also to finding my own love of um, things that I like to do, staying involved. So, what, uh, what do you think it is that drew you to, like, this kind of work? Why are you so active in the community? Like, what is it that was like, you know, like, I want to get involved and make this city a better place? Um, for me, I believe it's like in my DNA. <laughs> my okay. mom is a huge community leader as well. Um, but I, I realized like, you know, I didn't want to just be my mom's daughter. Like I right. didn't be the daughter of Miss Brown. Um, I am the daughter of her, but I am my own person. And they say like when you're exposed to something when you're young, I hate it. Like my mom would put us in so many different things when I was growing up. I hated it. I was like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. And it's weird how when, when it's engraved, you know, when it's in you, it's just really in you. Um, so that opportunity of growing up, being involved, giving back to our community, even though it wasn't fun as a kid, as an adult, when I felt my hands idle, I found something to do. I found something to get myself involved in. So I, it followed me, and here I am um, still doing that work and still staying involved. It, it, it's good. It's a good feeling. Um and I, you know, some people say, well, what do you do it for? I do it because I feel amazing when I do it. I, I think I come alive when I'm really involved and I'm helping people. And, you know, I'm not used to people helping me, but I do enjoy helping other people. Um, there's a, there's a, it's an adrenaline rush. It's an inspiration to see how you can impact somebody else's life by doing the smallest of things sometimes. Got it. So is your mom's, if you're a preacher, is it, it's not a church, it's a She's a, she's a, uh, my mom's an elder. Okay. Yeah. So she doesn't have a church. Um, she, she serves at a church. Oh, okay. Got mm -hmm, it. Got mm -hmm. it. And then you kind of just grew up like in, like going through that and just community outreach, helping other people all Absolutely. the time. God, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to bore you guys with all, I'm like, this is like, I, I don't talk most about like everything that I do. So most people say, well, you've done a lot to be so young. Yeah. Um, check my mom. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's really interesting when you let you talk about it out loud and it's like wow i'm really really involved and i really like what i do so do you think you'll ever get involved in politics at a further level than yes i have um for me um i guess for me it's like i have this feeling that i'm supposed to do something bigger i don't know exactly what that looks like i have the same feeling like when you're when you're talking about the <laughs> city and helping out and stuff like it's you definitely like running for mayor one day oh oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, I'm serious. So I, I like I, I don't know like the path that you know I believe in God, so I don't know the path that God will take me. But I have like this gut feeling like I'm not just doing all this work for nothing. I'm not just and I'm not doing it for an elevation of any sort. But when you feel like you know you're meant to do something, and you don't know what the bigger picture is, but you know it's something. You just know you're going. Big, in the Big right Sean has a song right called "Bigger Than Me." It talks it, about it all the time. It's one of my favorites. It's like. It, you just know. You don't know what, but you know. You know. Yeah, and and that's if you and know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm just. I say to myself, I'm like, there's really, really um, a master plan for my life, and one day I'll be able to sit back and look at all the people that helped me get there. You guys don't realize that this is this moment right here is inspiring. You know, not just me, but it's gonna inspire somebody else who may watch this video and yeah. maybe able like I remember that day she was there and here you here I am doing God knows what. Yeah. But uh, it will be something great, and you know it's it's good to keep yourself. So I'm a very guarded person, so people think like oh when they see me out in the community like oh you you didn't know I'm to myself. <laughs> yeah. I really like my own space. I'm very quiet. I'm very you know to myself. But let let that switch switch on happen where the community or something involved I come alive and I'm someone else you know I'm not someone else but I'm just this inner 
you know, you go from the introvert to the extrovert. There you go. You force so yourself I'm an into extrovert. Yeah. You got it. So okay. I, I, you know, I come alive and I look at myself and sometimes, you know, I have like an outer body experience and it's like, wow, like this is really amazing. Like, wow. Like, you know, one day there's something down the line for me and, um, I'm going to invest in it and I'm going to continue to put myself where I need to be and just, you know, hope that God will send me great people to help light the pathway. So, yeah, I saw on your, your LinkedIn, you do a lot of public speaking too, like at community events and stuff. Like what kind of, so what, what are you even doing? Like stuff with Al Sharpton I saw. All <laughs> yeah. So I've done quite a lot. So I've served um, in the NAACP. I'm still currently the, in, in the NAACP. I've served on the Bridgeport level, the national level, and then also on the, the, state level. So I was president when I was in high school. Um, and then I went from president all the way up to the national level serving on the national board. Um, so I've had great experience. I've met great leaders. I have walked with some of the greatest leaders. I've stood beside some great leaders. I've, I'm an advocate by, you know, by nature. So even though I'm out there in community, I believe advocating is so powerful because you speak up for people who can't find their voice and you help inspire them to get their voice. Um, I have this saying is advocate or be quiet. I think my generation does a lovely job at um, getting mad at something and then going to social media about it, but don't do anything about it. So (laughs) I've been, you know, in this time, I've been putting the fire under a lot of my friends' feet. And I'm saying, yeah, don't just get up there and complain. What are you doing in your community? What are you doing in your in your in your job? What are you doing in your day to day life to help put awareness or fight for something you believe in? So advocate or shut up. You know, so um, and that's where I am in this season. There's a lot that's happening on, you know, in the world. You know, you have the Michael Browns of the world. You have the George Floyds of the world. You have injustices happening on the local level as well as well as on the national level. And how could we as a people and we as a community find something worth fighting for and then not waver? So, you know, whatever that is, I've led close to 50 to 60 marches during this whole pandemic. I was really out in the streets with the community. In, and just went, in Bridgeport or all over All over Connecticut. Like, you name it, I've been there. I've been in places that I didn't see a person that looked like me at all, but I'm out there leading a whole march with people that don't look like me following me. So I thought, you know, I thought that was powerful, too, because there's also telling other people that you don't look like me or come from my neighborhood, but you can advocate for my people. Um, so I thought that was inspiring and just being in, in, in great places with great people and empowering these great people to say, hey, this is wrong. How can we fix it? How can we do do something about it? And, and, and even though it's like the marching part of it, people say, well, oh, you march, you said all these things. But then when, you've, when you're done marching, when you're done advocating for it, go run for office. You know, put, put some money behind that. Put some fire behind that. Go run for office. Go take the seat of the person who's not doing anything for your community. Right. You know, you know, hold them accountable. It's either hold them accountable or run against them. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another, <laughs> something has to happen. Um, so I think, I think I've done a lot, but I've also inspired a lot of people as well. Um, when they when they see the work that you do, they think that it's you know it's a piece of cake. It's not. I've had a lot of like. Um, Days where I've, you know, I'm really hard on myself. Like, I'm always like, okay, I could have did a little bit more. I didn't work hard enough. And then there's, you know, people like you guys and there's people like other people that walk up to me and say, you know, I see the work that you're doing. You don't have to, you don't do anything for applause, but I see the work that you're doing. And that's inspiring and enough. That's enough to keep me going, you know, when I feel discouraged and, you know, keep my head up. Yeah. As far, so as far as this year goes, like there was a lot of, obviously like a lot of stuff with the police and mm-hmm. Uh, black community like just it was a I mean this year was crazy but that whole like time between March through through now basically Mm -hmm. like George Floyd and and everything else that was happening um 
it seems like it kind of has come and gone already. So here's like it kind of just like it, it blew over again, you know. So here, here's what, the way I look at it is like so. There's there's two sides. There's two sides to it. There are those that can only march. There are those that can only protest. But then there are those that affect policy. And I look at it this way: there's a two-way street. You have the policymakers, and you have the politicians. You have the policymakers and the protesters. The protesters need the policymakers, and the policymakers need the protesters to bring the attention to what they're trying Absolutely. to pass policy for. So even so, even though even though it seems quiet right now, we just we I believe, and I'm gonna still say it: we just won a major election. So for that says alone that the black and brown communities has said and has made their voices heard. Like we won't take this anymore and we're going to galvanize people i watched georgia change from a whole red state to a blue state yeah that 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 that, does, that doesn't happen just by one person that happens by a collective people who said i saw what was happening in our communities i won't allow it to happen but also too it says that all the marching all the protesting was needed because now it has exposed what is happening in these different areas and we as a people have to do something about it so yes it may be quiet right now but there's always something brewing underneath. So right now we're in this political um, honeymoon, I would say. So we're watching the work that we've done over the summer affect the change that we want to see on a local level and then also on a national level. So right now, um, Bridgeport is getting ready to get ready into um, into another election. where We have city council and things like that. People's seats are up. So you'll hear the ruckus come right back up again. We're just praying and fingers crossed no one has to die for the ruckus, to, you know, the, the, the good noise, the, the, the good noise to, you know, happen. You know, I'm just hoping that all the work that we continue to do will continue to inspire people to pick up the baton and say, hey, I'm willing to run this race. I'm willing to run for mayor. I'm willing to run for city council. I'm willing to run for a board of ed. So I think that's so I think that's the climate where we are. And people are still adjusting to COVID. So a lot has happened in the last six months, but a lot has also opened up the minds of people who are, you know, just tired of being tired. Yeah. I, I had a friend who's uh, in city council right now. Mm hmm. And like, I, like when all the protests were happening, and everything, he just got elected to city council, you know? So, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, like, they're, like they're posting his phone number for every, for everybody to call him and everything. And he was like, just like, he's like, he's like, I just got elected. He's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, you know? Yeah. So it was a lot for him, but he, he's a good, really, really good guy. And I'm happy that he's in, in politics. He's a very well-rounded middle of the road kind of person. I mm -hmm. think that could help out a lot. But as far as so, yeah, I think like the the overall election, like um, like having, you know, a Democratic president and then having our, our first female vice president mm -hmm. and everything is is definitely the win. But I also feel like the topics of like. Like police brutality, stuff mm -hmm. like that, I feel like those are are not presidential kind of like Joe Biden's not going to fix that in Bridgeport. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like that's a small community local government kind of thing so i think it's both sides because i look at it this way um joe biden may not put the rubber stamp on it but his decision for how he governs and how he affects all these different communities and all these different cities i think that's power so you know i look at it this way is like he may not come to bridgeport and say bridgeport hey you need to figure out what's going on in your right. police department but what he does with policy will tell us a lot about the type of leader that he is. So he has some major, major um, uh, decisions to make. 
and some major choices to really implement and change. Because for us as people, we always look at the presidential election as like the win, the end all be all. There you go, I said <laughs> yeah. it right. We always look at it, that as the issue. But I'm I'm one of those people like, yes, I'm grateful that we have a new president. I'm grateful we have a vice a VP that looks like me. Yes, cool. But my real work is right here in the trenches. Like I live right. here every day. Like I see people get shot. You know, I'm from this community that we feel is being targeted all the time. And also, too, I'm also paying attention to how much our departments are being make, you know, how much our departments are receiving funds to be able to do the work that they do, but then our school systems lack, our our streets are not paid. These are where the real fights happen. So that's why I look at the presidential election as like, yes, but he has some major work to do. So, you know, let's be real. Like, we, we're grateful that you're there, but we're we, we not done with you either. We're going to make sure you do what you need to do or you won't see another four years. You know, so that's how we have to look at it. But also we have to look at it the same way with our elected officials here in our city. Yeah, do what you need to do or you will not see another four years. And when people get that idea that the power, the there's a saying, the power of the people, no, the power of the people is more powerful than the people in power. That is a proven fact. When the people galvanize and the people work hard for what they believe in, they have more power than the people who are making the decisions because they need us to go to the polls. We don't need them. They right. need us. So when they realize that and when we realize that as a people, we can make change right here on our local, our local level. And the local level is the most powerful position, I think, because we live here. Biden does not live in Bridgeport. Kamala Harris does not live in Bridgeport. Right. <laughs> we live in Bridgeport. Yeah. So we have to make sure we get the work that we need to get done. Yeah. Where do you think that all kind of starts? Do you think it starts in the, the education system? Um, the Good question. I, I think I think it's I, mm, I it's think a tough it, question. It's really it it's, it's an unanswerable question, honestly, like to, it's because it's multifaceted. Like you and, need it's, to have, and it's also and it's also tailored to that individual, too, because right. for me, I, you know, you could say like, oh, I think it's education because I'm on the board of education. But I think it starts with your own self-education. Because people don't even know, some people don't even know who their elected officials are. Some of them don't know who their board of ed members are. Some of them don't know when to vote. Some of them don't know where they pay their taxes. These are things that you must educate yourself on first. Educate yourself on the parties. Educate yourself on the community that you live in. Educate on the people that are running in your district. So it's about self-education. And I believe that power, once you build that up and you realize, hey, these people work for me, like I voted for them, then you can go out and say, hey, now I want to see how you operate in this area, how you operate in that area. Then you galvanize your power and you get your power from your people, your people, your community, and then you start making change on other levels. You know, so that's kind of where I think it is. It's, it's self-power. We're, actually, we're going to have our friend Matt come on here. He's, he's in city council and have him explain what, because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what city council was until he got elected to city mm -hmm. council. You know, like he popped by my house, knocked on the door one day and he's like, running for, for city council. Vote for him. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, tell me about it. You know, so I thought it was interesting. So I think we want to get him on here just to talk about local mm -hmm. government and what it is that local government does. Cause everybody always knows and goes to vote when there's a presidential election. Right. But right. there's a lot of small local government elections. And I don't, I feel like bar people barely don't anybody goes to, to vote on these things. Like only people who know like what's going on and or old people, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think too, like um, empowering our generation to vote. Um, I would say, I believe it was Bridgeport had 76% um, voter voter turnout. That is very good. Yeah. Like very, very good over the past year. So that was just in the the um the presidential election. 
Now, if we can get that same I wonder, response. Do you know what the percentage is for? I, I have no like, idea. Probably like okay. eight. <laughs> I don't know. It would be interesting. It would be interesting to know what it is and then see if we can top that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, because this, this election made such a big noise, like it was a big deal, just like, you know, when Barack Obama, President Barack Obama ran, it was such a big noise. And then people got silent and people thought, you know, another president who, you know, another individual who may not have the, the mindset to even be a president is going to run for office and we let our guard down. So now it's like you can't just do that for just the presidential election. You have to have that same energy, that same hoopla, that same power for your local elections as well because these seats are very empowered. You're not going to go to Joe Biden and be like, listen, my sidewalks are not together. <laughs> right, like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, you're not going to go to him for that. Your city council person is a person you need to go to. You need to hold those people accountable. My education system's sucks you need to go to me or those that are on the board you know how can you have a conversation and i get it your friend matt is probably overwhelmed because i was overwhelmed my first year and i'm just finishing up my first year and even with being overwhelmed i'm also learning too that i cannot fix everything so even though they come to me with hundreds of things and hundreds of emails you do not even want to see my phone (laughs) it's just what can i handle now there's a whole bunch of fires but which one is on fire like right now how can i help that one and I think, you know, once you learn how to balance that out and and like I said, people don't forget that we are people, you know, we're still people. We don't know it all. We don't make the best decisions. Yeah, you're learning as you we're go along, too, go. especially adapting at times like these. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So what's uh what's next for you? What are you what's your plan to, to keep moving forward, help help other people? Obviously, you're going to keep going with your nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. Um, anything on the horizon? I absolutely don't know. Um, I'm just, you know, for me, it's like I am trying to just figure out where, like, my next major step is within myself. Um, I think for me it's, you know, you know, working on that mental health, working on self-esteem, working on those things that make you a better person so that whenever that next project comes knocking on your door, you're ready for it. Um, I think for me right now I'm just making sure that I, you know, make sure 100 Girls Leading is continually running and things like that. But also, too, like, how can I um, get more educated on the different areas of the city government? And how can I, you know, when when an opportunity is ready, I'm ready, you know, learning everything that I need to learn um, and seeing where that goes. I think I'm just trying to be uh, the best Bobby Brown I could be with an I, not a Y. (laughs) I think like something to help educate people in everywhere on what local government does and what the positions do would be like. I don't even know where to find that information. Like, obviously, you can Google, like, what does city council do, but it's pretty mm-hmm. broad, you know? Or there's, what? there's programs like Gen Now, um, Generation Now, where they go through all, like, from mayor on down, who the mayor reports, well, not who the mayor reports to, but just it's like a, a, a pyramid, and you can see where the different um, people, you know, report to each other, learning how these different places operate. Me and my friends have done a lot this summer just trying to know how things move in the city. Because even though I'm on the Board of Ed, I'm learning how the Board of Ed moves, but I don't know how the city moves. So just taking that time and getting with like-minded people and saying, hey, let's go research this. Let's go figure this out. Let's talk to people who we normally wouldn't talk to and get those conversations rolling. We have talked to, I would say, over 100 people this summer just trying to understand things, trying to get more knowledge. And then I'm, I've been, you know, trying to get more of my friends to run for office. You know, once you know that you, once you know how to affect change, what do you do with the knowledge that was given to you? Do something with it. 
start something, you know, do something. And it's been really inspiring to really get, you know, my peers on board and just watching them, you know, come to me and ask me for knowledge and things like that. And if I don't know, I go find someone who can tell me and I bring it back to them. Awesome. Communication is big. I think we have like the, from, from the guests that we've had on here so far, I think we have like a dream team Mm -hmm. of people that can like make this city better. Yeah. And and we need to like get all of you at a (laughs) table together, like sit down and, and, see what your ideas are and like how, how you can all help each other. Cause I feel like there's so many, we've had you, Harry Bell, Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I mean, Sharon who owns this building mm-hmm. is from New York and he loves Bridgeport. Like he fell in love like with this building and this neighborhood. And like, he wants to like figure out how to expand kind of the Knowlton into the rest of the neighborhood mm-hmm. around here. Um, and how to just make the make yeah. the city better overall, but I feel like just like all of you guys sitting down like would be. I mean, we we need we need great minds, great minds at the table. Um, everyone serves a purpose, but I I I've, I said this thing at a um, rally that I was at. A lot of people feel like you have to like every person you work with. You do not. Right. If you guys have a common goal, a common interest, and you believe that you can make the city, but you can still be you and still do great work with other people. I think Bridgeport does a great job and has a great job of uh, of connecting people, but we don't work well with each other. We're always trying to one up the next person or step on the next person and get to the higher position. It shouldn't be that. If we're trying to build our city, let's build it together. Bring your ideas to the table. Let's work together and let's say, hey, you work good in this area. I work good in this area, but at the end of the day, how can we connect the two areas together? How can we make this bridge or this building or whatever um, together? Because we we miss so much, um, and I've seen a lot of people get burned out. I've seen a lot of people who are older than me just ready to quit. I've seen people who are younger than me that just started this work ready to quit. Um, and it's so easy to find feel like you're not making any change in your city I'm from here. I've seen it grow. I've seen it fail. I've seen it, you know, I've seen all of it. Right. Um, and it's it, it's very it's very interesting to see that I have so many people that are doing great things, but we don't have the proper support. And I truly believe, like, you're doing your thing, I'm doing We can still support each other. You know, it doesn't mean I have to do what you're doing. And if I am doing what you're doing, how could we do something cool together? Right. You know, I think that's the problem. You know, there's so many different people working in their silos, and they forget, like, it's really a community effort. Because that's the only way anything is going to change in our city. And just put your agenda, your self, your self issues to the side and just say, hey, who's going to benefit when all of this is done? You know, we won't be here forever. But our kids, our kids' kids, you know, that's what you should be thinking about. I don't have any children right now, but I'm, I'm doing all this work because I hope one day, you know, someone can say, you know, my mom was dope. Like, she ran this, she did this, you know, and I want to inspire my kids to inspire somebody else. Give them a better Bridgeport to grow up in. Better Bridgeport. Mm. Bobby Brown for mayor. Yeah. <laughs> She's got our vote. <laughs> Sooner rather than later, maybe. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, anything else that you wanted to add in? Anything you wanted to bring up, talk about? Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I've talked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I will say, like, you know, if there's anyone that's watching this and, you know, wants to get involved, I say get involved. It, um, there's a Jamaican saying, there's nothing tried, nothing done. So if you don't try it, it never gets done. At least try. Mm-hmm. See where you can see where see what you can do. See how you can impact somebody. It may turn out from something from a hundred to over five hundred. It may be something inspiring that may change like your community. So nothing tried, nothing done. So do something. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love that. 
Where can people find you on social media? How can people get in contact with you? Sure. I am on Facebook, Bobby Brown, um, B-O-B-B-I, with an I. <laughs> so I have this thing, and I have to say, if I don't say it, because you took my intro, so I'm just going to say it for you. Go ahead. Um, it's Bobby Brown with an I. Um, I don't sing, nor do I do makeup, but I'm a leader in my own right. So that's my saying I say everywhere. Um, but um, you can find me on Facebook, Bobby Brown, or on Instagram, Brown It Up. Um, and then I do 100 Girls Leading, which is 100 Girls Leading on all platforms. Um, and you can find us some of the great work that we're doing. If you want to donate to our girls, you're more than welcome to. Um, we're a nonprofit run by donations. Everything we get is donated. Um, and then if you just want to follow my career or ask me any questions, I, I, I like talking to people. I don't like to talk to people, but I like talking to people, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like if they, you're not going to go seek it, but if they come to you, you'll, yeah, you'll get I'm it. Like, I'm not like, I'm like, oh, hey, come. No, that's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If we see you in the street, just keep it moving. No, 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 no. You can, you <laughs> no, can definitely say hi, or I'll yeah. talk to you. Like you, you would think that I'm pretty much to myself, but like for the most part, I'm not gonna just like run up to you. Got it. <laughs> but, awesome. But. Well, that's great. I think that's a good place to leave off on. Yeah. Right. We'll have you back on when you're when she's political campaign <laughs> yeah. together for mayor, so that we can help promote that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And yeah. thank you so much, and everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Thank, thank you. you. Peace. Appreciate you.